0: Colossians chapter 1 this morning. I hope you're glad to be here this morning. Um, uh, it's good to be here. I was just talking with Brother Sullivan and, and uh, there are Christians throughout our nation and, and really the world that haven't been in church in several weeks. Um, and, and I know for me, I love being in church. Um, even, and listen, you need to be here even when you don't feel like being here. Um, it's good for you. And so, uh, if you missed the morning message this morning, I, I it, stay. And when I say miss it, if you were here and you didn't take hold of it, stay and listen to it again, you need it. Uh, that was a good message this morning, spoke to my heart and, and, uh, that he may be known, uh, we ought to be praying for folks and my, I'll be honest, I'm kind of distracted right now in my mind. I have a lot of thoughts in my mind. I got some notes here and, and, uh, There's some things I think I distracted myself by studying a portion of this. Um, But uh, God's good. And uh, I just, I want God's power on my life. I want God's power on my church. You know, um, in Acts 1.8, he says that we're going to receive power. And and the Holy Ghost is going to come upon us. And and, uh, I trust that your prayer is God's power. On your life and in the life of our church. And uh, I, um, I don't know if I, I, I guess I can't, it's not wrong to say this, but I believe God has something special for this church. I don't know what's going on in the world today, I don't know what's going on all in America, but I believe God's hand of blessing is upon our church. And, and I think God's going to do something with it. And, and so pray for our pastor and, and pray for the, uh, the people of our church that God would just bless this ministry. My prayer is God protects our ministry. Uh, there's a lot of foolishness in this world. We're still meeting. There's a lot of people that don't like that. And uh, we just need to pray that God protects this ministry and uh, keeps the doors open. And, and I'm glad we're here. I'm glad you're with us this morning. Uh, did I tell you Colossians chapter 1? All right, you're already there. Because you guys are the Sunday school crowd, you know where the Colossians is at, right? Right after Exodus, right? (laughs) Okay. So it's a little bit farther after. But uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verses 1 through 8, we're going to look at three things for growth this morning. Three things, and these by no means are they comprehensive in everything you need for growth, but without these three things, uh, I don't believe you're going to grow. And the first one's faith, right? A saving faith. Uh, obviously you're not going to grow in Christ if you're not saved. Um, but uh, let's uh, start by reading verses 1 through 8, and we'll look at what the Lord has for us this morning. It says here, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which were at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father our Lord, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which ye have one or which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of uh, the truth, of the gospel, which is uh, come unto you as is, or excuse me, as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. And Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the Lord the uh, liberty to gather together as a church family this morning. And Lord, we pray for the folks around our nation that are unable to do that now. We pray, Lord, for your intervention, and Lord, that you would do a work and. And, Father, we do uh, pray for our Supreme Court and and the rulers of our land, Lord, that you do a work in their lives and in their hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd save them. And, Father, now this morning we pray that you'd bless your word. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and give us something that would help us to be more like Christ and, Lord, to labor uh, more effectively for you. And we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not sure exactly where we're going to go throughout the next uh, few weeks. Um, as I said, I have kind of a lot of thoughts in my mind and a, and a lot of things in my heart. And, and uh, I was studying some things and maybe distracted myself in that. But Lord willing, we'll be in Colossians for a while. And uh, <clears throat> by no means will it be as exhaustive as pastor in Ephesians. Um, uh, listen, we have a great pastor. Uh, boy, he, he's a good preacher. And uh, despite what maybe some comments uh, were made... <laughs> So that makes me feel so goofy. But uh, anyway, um, so, uh, but uh, what a blessing. (laughs) Thank you for putting them straight, Brother Petraco. So, (laughs) so, but uh, listen, this morning, the desire of every Christian ought to be to become everything that God wants you to be. That ought to be our sincere desire, and and as I said in, in the beginning, uh, I hope you want God's power on your life. I hope you want God to use you, and and uh, as a Christian, that ought to be our desire. And listen, some of us are further along in the spiritual journey than others, right? Some of us have have maybe been saved longer, maybe uh, because of uh, different circumstances. Maybe we've grown a little bit differently, or or maybe what some might uh, think of as faster than somebody else, and and uh. But listen, this morning, all of us need these three basic things in order to grow, and, and uh, Colossians here, this book, I didn't do a very in-depth study of, of exactly all about the, the, uh, the location in those things, but um, it's an ancient city in Asia Minor. I think everybody here probably knows that this morning. Uh, modern-day Turkey, uh, if you're thinking of a modern-day map and you want to kind of find reference, uh, roughly 100 miles from Ephesus, so... If you don't know where Colossians is, you probably don't know where Ephesus is. But it's uh, they are 100 miles apart, give or take. Um, so uh, <clears throat> the church was possibly started during Paul's three-year ministry at Ephesus. Um, there, and uh, as we look at uh, Epaphras here this morning a little bit in in uh, Acts in nineteen, I think you can make some references there. And uh, but this man Epaphras, that is mentioned here in in verse seven. Uh, potentially traveled from Coloss- uh, Colossae to Ephesus and potentially responded to Paul's preaching uh, and returned to start the church there. I don't know if we can absolutely nail that down. I think a lot of the other folks that I looked at, they kind of had the the same agreement there with Epaphras. And, and uh, uh, there's Epaphroditus, which is mentioned as well uh, in the New Testament. And and I think it potentially could be the same person. I don't know necessarily if you conclusively say that Epaphras is Epaphroditus. Um, if you hold to that, I won't fight you about it, though. Um, no need to go to the blows over something like that. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but um, in any case, in verse 7, it says, Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Right. So this man was ministering to the people uh, in Colossae. Uh, uh, a lot of times people think he was the pastor there. Is kind of the common thought. Um, uh, but anyway, the Apostle Paul here is writing not just to Epaphras. Uh, he's writing to the people uh, of the church. It says in verse 2, to the saints uh, and to the faithful brethren. And and listen, as a saint of God, you ought to be—you uh, to want to be considered faithful. Right. right? To the faithful, to the saints and to the faithful. And uh, being faithful to the things of God, to the house of God, and, and to the work of God. And, and uh, uh have God's power on your life, and, and, uh, but Epaphras, it's possibly traveled there, and, and uh, Paul wrote this letter during his first imprisonment, I think that's pretty commonly uh, accepted and, and thought of, and at about the same time, he wrote Philippians, Ephesians, Philemon, um, <clears throat> and uh, here he wrote Colossians to confront a few things, or uh, the attempts of some believers to combine elements of paganism and secular philosophy, or maybe even some uh, Judaism with Christian doctrine, And so we'll look at a few of those things over the weeks to come. And uh, but here in this book, the Apostle Paul uh, represents Jesus as the absolute authority and complete sufficiency. And what a blessing to know uh, that Christ is the authority and he's he's sufficient. And and uh, here we read in verse one, it says, Paul, an apostle. And this is might be where I kind of distracted myself a little bit. And we probably won't spend a lot of time here. Um, But uh, uh, the word. Translated apostle, uh, apostolos, uh, means one sent forth with a message. Strongs defines it as an ambassador of the gospel. And uh, I found one commentary, the guy said that it was, the guy, the, I, the scholar, I don't know, the guy, that sounds so informal, informal, unformal? Oh, I need to work on my English. In my, the, he said that the modern equivalent is a missionary. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree totally with that. Um, When you look at the the description of an apostle, Uh, Paul was definitely more than a missionary, um, as we think of a modern-day missionary. Um, uh, But he definitely held the office of an apostle, even though he was not uh, one of the original 12, right? We know that he wasn't of the original 12, and he talks about that uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 8 and 9, talking about uh, in undue time, uh, referencing it to... uh, like a premature child being born, Um, but Acts chapter 9 and verse 15 says this, and this is the Lord saying of Paul's ministry, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, And, and so we do know that Paul was appointed by the Lord, which was one of the requirements to be an apostle. Right? And, and we can talk about those. You can go back. We, I, don't, I distracted myself, so I got some notes here on it. I don't want to spend a lot of time there on it this morning. But Acts chapter 1, verses 21 through 26, you can look at some things about that. And, and uh, <clears throat> there are references to apostles uh, in this New Testament of people we do not consider the apostles. Um, an example of that would be in uh, Philippians 2:25 Epaphroditus is said to be a messenger and, and, and that in the original Greek is the same word Apostolos. It's the same word there and, and uh, there's other instances I think um, uh, Paul or excuse me, Timothy and Sylvanius, uh, they're sent out and they're kind of referred to as apostles and and so there's some discussion on if they have a specific task and a message. And so maybe in some passages, this term apostle was used a little bit differently than what maybe we traditionally think. But I do know this uh, in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1, it says Jesus is the apostle. And um, so anyway, that, that was, I, like I said, I kind of might have distracted myself in the study because that really wasn't the focus of, of uh, the lesson this morning. But it's in the text here, and it distracted me, so you got a little bit of that. Uh, as well, and and uh, <clears throat> God, I, I found this. God uses anyone. Um, you don't have you. You're not special. Um, you don't have to have special qualifications. You don't have to be an apostle, so to speak. And and I came across this quote from Matthew Henry: God is sometimes God is sometimes pleased to make use of the ministry of those who are of less note and lower gifts for doing great services to his church. God uses what ha- what hands he pleases and is not tied to those of note. Um, I, that's a blessing to me. I'm just some clown in the Air Force. I'm nobody special. I'm not an apostle. Uh, but God can use anyone. And he chooses to use anyone. And, and listen this morning... I hope you want to be used of God. Uh, regardless of your title, your position, whatever the case may be, but in whatever area of life that you have, mother, father, son, daughter, uh, employer, employee, whatever the case may be, just serve God. Uh, and, and God will be uh, just ready to use you. I, I Sometimes I think we... Uh, lose sight of the fact that God wants a relationship with us and He wants to use us. And we just need to yield and, and, and seek Him and, and, and ha- allow Him to use us, really. And, and uh, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 4, 7, these are kind of all introductory notes, but, uh, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power uh, of the power uh, may be of God and not of us. It's not about us. It's not about our position. It's not about our stature. It's not about any significance that we have. It's all about Him. And uh, I hope we can get a hold of that. The, the, and, and I'll tell you what, you might just stick around for the next service anyway, because it was so good this morning. And, and, and to make Him known. Um, and, and, to have, and to be right with God and to pray for others. And, and uh, what, a, what, a, what an honor it is to serve Him. And uh, so this morning, a saving faith. And if you look at verses 2 through 4, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colosse, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have uh, to all the saints. And so we, they learn of, of their faith in Christ Jesus. And uh, we know that this letter is written to the saints, and, and uh, I, I got another word here. Hagios, I think it's pronounced, and it means to be set apart or to be consecrated. That's the idea of being a saint uh, there, and, and uh, all Christians are saints. Uh, all Christians are saints who should daily experience Paul's prayer for the Colossians. Look at what it says, uh, that God will give them his continuing grace and peace in verse 2 in the latter parts of that verse too. And, and so grace here refers to God's unmerited favor and supernatural empowerment. Um, look at this. Acts chapter 4 and verse 33. You can turn there. I got it written down, so I'm going to read it faster. You can probably turn there. But, um, and with great power, it gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And, and so we can have power in Christ. God's grace and, and empowerment. And, and uh, what a great thing to know that, that, that in Christ, in our faith in Christ, uh, we can have power. Experiencing God's grace results in peace. Can anybody testify to that this morning? You, you've experienced God's grace and, and consequently, consequently you have peace and, and, uh, from God. Listen, but we have a responsibility for maintaining our peace. Right? Um, we can not be at peace uh, at times because we've uh, uh, done things or allowed things in our lives that prevent that. If we don't have peace from God or that inner tranquility, if you will, during life storms, we are not all what God wants us to be, right? If we don't have that peace, we're not where God wants us. God wants to give us that peace. Um, and listen, when we're not at peace, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Um, he's there Ready. Uh, the key to sustaining peace from God is, is uh, found in Isaiah 26.3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I know for me in my life, when I don't have peace, when I get unsettled, when I get anxious about things, I'm not thinking about Christ. My mind is not stayed on him. Uh, I'm not trusting in him for those circumstances or in that moment. Uh, i 'm I'm neglecting to do that and and a, we can have a perfect peace uh, if we keep our minds stayed on him and, and we can uh, just continue to trust in him. Paul constantly prayed for other believers constantly i don 't know if there 's a, a, a pastoral epistle that doesn 't mention it um, i didn't, i didn 't go through and look at all of them this morning but um, or leading up to this morning, I guess just as you' say um, uh, he reminds the Colossians that he always prays and thanks God for them. And, and some of this stuff, Pastor mentioned this morning, so it's kind of eerie. It's, it's typed here. I didn't write it down as he was preaching. But um, there's not much more that is uplifting than hearing someone thank God for you or for something you've done. Knowing that somebody's praying for you. That's encouraging. Listen, that's empowering. Uh, when I know people are praying for me, I have a greater confidence in, in the things uh, that I'm accomplishing and doing for the Lord. And, and because, you know, if I'm right with the Lord and I'm praying for myself and I'm, and I'm preparing and I'm, and I'm working, so to speak, and, and trying to minister for the Lord and, and I'm doing all I can, and I know that the church is behind us, we're, we're praying one for another and we're encouraging. That's encouraging. It, it builds confidence around the, the people of God, and, and we know we're gonna be more effective as we go out because we're united. We're striving together, the Word of God talks about. Praying for one another and and encouraging one another. That's why we're here this morning, right? To encourage one another. And and, and, and pray for those folks that can't be in church. Uh, They need some encouragement. And and, uh, Paul compliments them, I guess you could kind of say that, for their faith in Christ. uh, There in verse 4, talking about their saving faith. Um, that they were demonstrated when they accepted Christ as their Savior. The word faith, pisteis, pisteis. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Is not a blind leap in the dark. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about a saving faith. And and biblical faith is being persuaded something is true to the point it changes your life. All right, that's faith, right? And and I know that's what it was for me when I got saved. It changed my life. Um, uh, and Man, well, I was thinking about it while pastor was preaching this morning. Sorry, I dis- disconnected a little bit. I right, right. was talking about being lost and just remembering how lost I was. Yeah. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I was, my dad had got me this cool bed on top, and then there was a little <laughs> shelf and a desk like I was going to be a student or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> but, but I remember going to bed one night on the top of that bunk and just wondering what happens when I die. What takes place? Do I cease to exist? Do I... What happens? Is is heaven real? Is hell... What? Ha- I remember distinctly that moment in my life where God revealed to me no, no more clearly than ever before that I was lost. I never felt so lost in my life. Like, what is going on? And it was very shortly after that that we went to a revival service, and, and the Word of God was preached, and and I realized I'm a sinner. And I needed a savior, and I accepted christ and and I was saved I'm no longer lost and what a blessing and and so that's the kind of faith something that persuades you to change your life that was life changing for me. The thoughts I had about uh, life and the world and and eternity are different today because my faith in christ and and listen here it, it, that might not be a good enough illustration for you, so I'll give you a different one uh, so do you believe a jet can safely carry you across the ocean over to Asia or to Europe or something? Do you believe that? Uh, you really believe that? How many have actually done it? Right? There's less people that have done it than say that they have. There's a lot of you are world travelers, but uh, a lot of you did raise your hands. But uh, listen, um, if you just believe, but you never get on that jet, perhaps it's because you don't trust the jet. Of faith that the jet can hold you, and uh, <clears throat> you must get on board by faith. In the same way, trusting Christ to save you from hell this morning, are you on board right now? Have you received Christ? Uh, has it changed you? Uh, do you have a, a saving, a changing faith uh, this morning? And, and listen, this morning, if you've not been saved, uh, you're not going to grow spiritually. You might gain some knowledge, right? You might learn a few things from the Word of God and and, uh, maybe understand a little bit, but you're never really going to grow and and truly understand the Word of God. And so growth really starts at salvation. And uh, I know I'm thankful for a lot of the things that I learned prior to my salvation, but then it became real to me when I got saved. I was like, that's what the Word of God really means there. It, you, the Holy Spirit just kind of revealed it and you understood it in a better way. That's true in my life. And, and so this morning, uh, as we move on, verses five and six, it says, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have ye heard before in the word of uh, the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. And so uh, we need hope in order to grow, and really a steadfast hope. Um, <clears throat> the, the Paul they, their, their faith had a, a, a source. Um, it is the hope that is laid up for them in heaven, according to verse 5. And, and what a blessed thought, uh, that blessed hope, the hope for which is laid up for you in heaven. There's something in store for us. What a blessing. Um, it, it, it's laid up in heaven. The word translated laid... Means reserved. Uh, look how reserved hope is described in, in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 down through verse 20. L- listen to this. It says this that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that uh, within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and, and as Christians, we have a long spiritual chain, so to speak, with an anchor on the end of it. we got an anchor on the end of that thing, hope. It, uh, the anchor is secured inside the veil in the real Holy of Holies in heaven. Uh, we have an unbreakable, unshakable connection to the very throne. What a blessing uh, that 's exciting to think of, just as an anchor keeps a ship from drifting uh, during a storm, so our hope keeps us from drifting in our faith during the storms of life. I know i 've went back to that times in times of my life that hope, man, what God has reserved, what he 's laid up for us and, and if we lose sight of that, maybe we begin to drift, and and, uh, <clears throat> and and kind of just moving along here this morning as we're going to get kicked out with that bell here shortly, but uh, uh, Paul, concerning what he had just written, he reminds the Colossians they heard this when they first learned the truth of the gospel. Look at the latter part of verse 5. Uh, we'll read the whole thing. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth. Of the gospel, he's, these, you've heard this before. This isn't nothing new, right? And, and so he reminds them that. Paul is repeating what they had already been taught about faith and hope. And a quick note there, I would say if any other man preaches another gospel, yeah, y'all not listen to him. Listen, uh, there's nothing new. Um, uh, uh, and, and so if it's not in the word of God, we need to be careful. Paul tells the Colossians the gospel is producing fruit all over the Mediterranean world which is come unto you as it is written in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. And so, man, things are going crazy. People are being saved. Uh, Just like you were saved, he says, this thing's spreading across the world. And uh, what a blessing. And and listen, uh, I desire to see it to spread across Rapid City and Box Elder and Ellsworth Air Force Base. And Custer, and Keystone, and and uh, what a what a convicting thought this morning that it was A. W. Tozer that that quote about sometimes we have all these things in place, the mechanisms, the programs, oratory, but there's no power because of lack of prayer. And and listen, if we want to get serious about reaching the people of God or reaching the lost uh, and, and ministering to the people of God. Uh, we need God's power in our life. Uh, That was a challenge for me this morning. Anyway, back to my notes. Uh, Paul tells the Colossians the gospel is producing fruit everywhere. Uh, This is because the gospel is the grace of God in truth. In verse 6 it says that is the grace of God in truth. The gospel is not a mixture of faith and works because salvation is by grace alone. I think most everybody in this room this morning could probably quote Ephesians 2. It has nothing to do with our works. And I want to remind you of Romans chapter 11 in verse 6 this morning. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, works is no more work. And listen this morning. To grow, we need a saving faith. We need to be saved. And and we need a steadfast hope. Uh, We need those things. Um, and lastly this morning, and, and maybe I wasted too much time because this, is, I think, is where I'm going to try to foot-stomp some things. We need a supernatural love. These three components, right? You have faith and, and, and hope and love. Uh, they're kind of like a three-legged stool. Um, if one leg is missing, it's going to topple over. It's not going to work. It's not effective. Um, we I just yesterday we had this little three legged fold out stool in the garage and i I threw it in the back corner because i don 't think we ever use it it 's not very useful unless you know you 're just bored and you want to sit on the side of the lake by yourself and get a real chair anyway but uh, stools are very helpful, but listen this morning you need all three of these uh, to really be effective and and uh <clears throat> I think we're going to try to take the time to do this. But Paul often mentions these three things. Uh, and and look at, if you want to turn there, you can. But Paul makes this prayer in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of uh, God and our Father. And so we often see these three things uh, together. And uh, we already mentioned Epaphras here. He's mentioned in verse 7. And And uh, uh, Paul then writes that Epaphras uh, has told Paul and his associates about the the Colossians' love in the Spirit. In verse 8, look what it says. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Not only did he take the gospel to Colossae, but apparently he had brought report back uh, of the believers there uh, to the Apostle Paul, uh, whether he did it while he was in Rome in prison uh, I'm not sure, but that's about a thousand-mile journey, or maybe he, there were some writings that he sent, I'm not sure. But somehow this report got back of, of their love in the Spirit. It says, "Declared unto us your love in the Spirit. <clears throat> the presence of love in the Spirit, uh, I believe, is a supernatural love. Um, and, and really, it's a test uh, for us to, do we really have the faith? It could be used as the test. Jesus makes this very clear in John 13 and verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. If this doesn't exist, there might be doubt whether you're a disciple of Christ. But if it's there, you're going to know that you are. It's an evidence of of your faith. And uh, I came across this quote by Francis Schaeffer, uh, with that statement, Jesus gave the world the right to judge us by our love. That can be a sobering thought if we're not treating one another like we ought to. Uh, some believers are far more difficult to love than others. Let's be honest this morning. That's the, that's the honest truth. Some people are more difficult than others. And, and based on personality or, or whatever the case may be, uh, it can be... It can be a challenge at times. Uh, if we have truly placed a saving faith in Christ, we sincerely should have a desire to love everyone. Um, and, and so uh, we're going to look at these. And, and so I'm going to turn to all of them. Uh, I think we have enough time to do just because I want to emphasize this. And it's uh, But at least 13 times in the New Testament, we are commanded to love one another. If you go to John chapter 13, I didn't, I guess I could have included all these in the, my notes, so I didn't have to turn to them, but they're all close together, and they'll kind of go in order as the New Testament uh, flows, but um, <clears throat> we'll start here. John 13 in verse 34 says this, and a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Turn over to chapter 15, same book, John 15 in verse 12, it says this, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That's a challenge, right? Down to verse uh, 17, these things I command you that ye love one another. And uh, next book, Romans, or excuse me, skip Acts. Go over to Romans in chapter 12. Not verses 1 and 2, though. Those are very, very familiar to us, right? And, but in verse 10, it says this, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. 1 Thessalonians, so just shortly past where we're at there in Colossians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 9, the word of God says this, but as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. First Peter, I hope this isn't frustrating to you. If it is, I'm just going to tell you, well, maybe you don't love the Word of God. No, just kidding. <laughs> 1 Peter one twenty two. I didn't say that, that. This isn't being recorded, is it? 1 Peter 1.22 uh, says this, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. And then 1 John 1 John 3 and 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Chapter 3 and verse 23, so just down a few verses, it says, and this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. And so again, He's commanded us. Chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And then uh, chapter, or excuse me, just verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And then verse 12 goes on to say, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. And then finally in Second John, <clears throat> verse 5, it says, and now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. Uh, I, I would say it's pretty significant and important that we have a love for one another, uh, that we love one another. <clears throat> we can't love others on our own. I don't, not the way we ought to, anyway. Um, we can only love as God commands if we love in the Spirit, I believe, that is described here in, in verse 8 of, of Colossians. And, and God never commands us to do something that we can't do. That's right. uh, Romans 5.5 5 says this, the, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So God, is give, He can give us the ability to love people. Uh, some people are difficult to love. Uh, Some people, I would even say this, nobody desires to love, but we are commanded to love them and and to uh, minister to them. To love in the Spirit is to allow God's love to flow through us, to allow God's love to flow through us. We love people uh, for who they can become in Christ, not for who they are now. I believe Jesus, when He loved us, He understood what He could make us into. That He could conform us into His image. And sometimes we look at people in their current state and they're difficult to love. Because we neglect to see that God wants to do a work in their life and He can bring them to a different position. Uh, and I, I listen, I don't think that makes them more lovable. It might make them more tolerable. Uh, but listen, we ought to love them as they are, just as Christ loved us. Uh, we're commanded to do that. And do we love people? Uh, some people aren't easy, right? They're grumpy. They're rude, unfriendly, uh, irritating, right? Uh, everybody's got a wife, you know? Oh, sorry. That that wasn't the definition of a spouse. Sorry, my wife's not in here. So, so that's why we're commanded to love them, right? Because uh, uh, sometimes it's difficult uh, to become all God wants us to be. Uh, we need to concentrate on keeping God's commands. Uh, you'll see where this is tying in. If you do, you will find yourself learning to love in the Spirit. Uh, uh, this was a blessing to me. 1 Peter 1.22, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, that ye, or, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, the closer you get to God, the more you're going to love people. That is so true in my own life. The more I get to know God and the more I understand what He did for me. And the more I understand how He loves every single person in this world. The more I desire to be a blessing and a help to others and to love them. Listen, if you don't have a love for people this morning, I challenge you to examine your love for the Lord. Are you obeying those truths under unfeigned love of the brethren? Uh, Are you walking with God like you ought to? Are you uh, doing the things that God exhorts us, challenges, commands us to do in the word of God? Are you walking with him this morning? As the Holy Spirit uses God's word to purify our hearts, we begin to love in the Spirit, more and more. Do you love folks this morning? I talked about growing in Christ, and, and, and really, uh, I don't know why that was the, the title of this, but I hope you love the brethren this morning, and I hope you have a love for the lost to reach them. And I challenge you this morning to, to get into the Word of God and start walking with God like you ought to, And if you do that, I promise you your love for others will grow. And your desire to minister and to be a blessing to others will increase. Let's pray.